Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am your co-host, John O'Brien, from the Keystone Contractors Association, joined as always by fellow co-host, Chris Martin. Chris, are you there? I can't see you. He's having video issues. Chris, hello? I'm here. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm waving my arms. Okay. You can't see me. Nor can anybody else. Do some jumping jacks. Maybe I'll see that. Yeah, that, yeah, you'll definitely hear that. That'll be a big giant thud on the ground as I fall over. You know, hey everybody, this is Chris Martin, who can't do jumping jacks, but uh, I'm very glad to be here on the Building PA podcast with my good friend and co-host John O'Brien. Welcome. For those of you that know, I am uh, president of Atlas Marketing, and, and we tell stories for people who build things. And you can check us out at atlasstories.com. There we go. Sounds good. Sales pitch over. Awesome. Nice. I forgot my little sales pitch. The lights are on, the studio's working, the video's up and running in the Quando studio. So life is good in the Quando studio. Okay, I'm sorry. There we go. Sales pitch I out like of the it. way. I like it. <laughs> yes. Done. Done. Yes, done. Absolutely. Done. So, John, I, I understand we're talking about small projects. Yes. We've got a really great guest to share this with us. And can I introduce her? Can I introduce her? Can I introduce her? Yeah, why don't you go? You want me to do a drum right, roll? <laughs> Oh, man, we're really pulling out all the stops today for our guest today, Katie Walsh with the Smith Group. Thank you for joining us, Katie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm glad to finally get this conversation kicked off. Yay. Welcome, Katie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was so fun. John and I met a couple months ago at the Western PA COA conference where we had this conversation, and it has sparked many conversations between, I think, John and I, as well as within my office that I I brought this back. So I think it's a really relevant topic to particularly Western PA um, and how in Pittsburgh. So I'm really excited. It's a topic that many take for granted and don't quite understand the challenges associated with with small projects. So I'm, I'm glad to be talking about it today. So Katie, before we dive into this, help us understand what you define as a small project. It's a great question. My interpretation of it, I feel like, keeps on evolving as I keep on working with them. Uh, For me, it's always been as a designer, which is more where I'm coming from, from my 15 years experience and kind of transitioning to a little bit more project management. uh, I've always seen it as a square footage-based project. And usually they, they fall on the tenant fit out or small renovations, not necessarily ground up construction. And I think it comes from my experience of where it's landed. But I do also see a lot of people see it as fee-based. And I'm starting to understand that more as I'm project managing (laughs) these projects. But I'd be interested to hear also what you guys think of small projects. If I can jump in there, I mean, to me, you're right. We do typically think of projects in fee-based areas. So it's it's obviously a designer, an architect thinks of things in, in a totally different light, which is why we're so excited to have you on today. To me, from the marketing perspective, I think the small project is anywhere from, I don't know, let's say 10 to 50 million. And, you know, in terms of commercial construction, John, what do you think? Did you say 50 million? I think that's a little on the high side, I would say, but um, I'd say probably, and and it, it depends on where you are. I would say Pittsburgh and Philly is probably what, 20 million and under maybe. 
I would guess. If we're going by money amount only. I don't know your thoughts are, Katie. Yeah, I mean, and, and I would consider that more ground up. I think a lot of some of the work that's coming into some of the architecture offices, particularly, and again, I'm like from a commercial workplace, higher ed perspective. It's a lot of these like little uh, fit outs or repositioning of all the old office buildings in Pittsburgh that could be like $5 million projects, $6 million workplace in particular. Pittsburgh being the size, I see that some of the offices, it's starting to change and evolve, I think, but they're still following into that smaller square footage size. And I, and I guess I, I think of it also as project teams and what our project teams would be. In the smaller projects, typically, I'm the only person. Sometimes I'll get an intern and I'm start to finish majority it. Sometimes I'll have an interior person help me with finishes. We have an MEP engineer or two, three, and it's kind of, and then it's you and the client or the owner's representative. I think that's also a really crucial piece and also getting the contractor on board. But we, I have team members that have also seen it as like a percentage of a fee based off the equipment, more on like the healthcare side when you're fitting out the um, equipment and stuff like that as well. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned too, like the office work. I would imagine now that, you know, at this point in time and you know, August of 2022, you know, a lot of the office work is a lot of renovation and a lot of fit outs because of just the change in in, in the workforce and, and where things are. Is, is that happening a lot with Smith Group? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're finding there, there's been a lot of thought leadership in how things are changing and evolving and what the new office means for the company. It's not a one shoe fits all type of scenario. I think it's really actively engaging with clients to understand their needs. And from that, we can, um, through a lot of investigation, data-driven benchmarking, start to adjust square footages, I guess is kind of what you're getting at. We're also seeing a lot more focus on well-being in the workspace and how architecture, the space can, architecture design can, it's not competing with the home. It's, it's, creating the space, trying to pull all this together to create more collaboration and a space that can help with your work instead of not help. A lot more listening and seeing where the spaces go. Katie, uh, you mentioned earlier about the COA event that you and I ran into each other. During that event at uh, State College, there was a a seminar or a a discussion happened about big projects versus small projects. And the conversation that I've found, you know, found good, you know, as far as feedback goes from from uh, stakeholders was how large projects are a lot smoother. You know, there's stakeholders at the table during pre-con, pre-con's a lot longer. Um, everyone's involved helping the architect with the design owner, GC, major, major subs. And then for the small project, it's let's bid it. And then two weeks later, the GC gets a call and said, all right, you're starting next week. Let's go. You know, there's not as much collaboration. As a, as a designer, what are your thoughts on that approach comparing the two? I think it's like the compressed schedule really has to, we have to be smarter with how we run the project, whether it's the design drawings or what our deliverables are. I think it's it's not drawing less, it's drawing smart. So I, I, I've found through my years of experience working with small projects, building in some of the 
I don't want to say ambiguity, but building in efficiencies within the document set to kind of pull it together. One thing we've been kicking around, particularly for me being like workplace, some of these really in a workplace and potentially adaptive reuse type of projects, renovations is shortening, not shortening, but kind of um, massaging the schedule. Typically in the design phases, you have your programming, schematic design, like there's milestones. It's having some overlap in the milestones. And then even like the construction documents, there's better, I don't want to say fluff, but there there's some areas in the project that maybe it's best to be working on in the field. And so it's trying to find your priorities that this should be documented and this can maybe be pulled into the to the field when you uncover whatever you're going to uncover. You never know what you're going to get, particularly with some of these Pittsburgh buildings. I find that's the biggest challenge in some of the small projects, because if you hit one unforeseen condition, it can completely derail the project and your fee potentially. So the collaboration that happens during pre-con happens in the field whenever you open up a wall and see the mechanical system or the electrical or whatever. And that's that's where you're making up the collaboration there then, I guess. Yeah, my best projects have been the, usually I have like an owner's rep or someone from the owner's side that's kind of managing the their expectations through the project and, and the contractor. And I think having, it's putting more in the construction, I think, for the fee-wise, I guess, than maybe in the design so that there's more OACs potentially because you're walking the site and uncovering things. Like, for example, one of my last projects, we're trying to install toilet partitions that I wanted ceiling hung. And they demoed the ceiling and we look up and we just see all these flex ducts. And I'm like, well, it's not happening, floor mounted. And so like to be able to have that uh, relationship between the owner and the contractor and the architect, I think it's really essential that we're not pointing fingers. It's like a huge, it's a team. And I'm finding more and more we're turning into that model that getting the contractor on board sooner than later in programming if anything, with the owner. And it, it's a full team effort from start to finish. So, so Katie, are, are you applying that model? Because that, that's, that's a bigger, you know, a bigger project model. And, and it sounds like, you know, there's, there's two things that are coming out of this. Uh, applying a model where there's collaboration from the very beginning, which requires to have relationships. It, so it sounds like it's almost kind of filtering down from these larger projects that approach because it's been successful on larger projects. The thinking is it's going to be successful on smaller projects, right? Yeah. And one thing that came up in the COA conference was a lot of times there's like a couple, several, it was very primarily university driven. And one discussion part to maybe help with the owners is to have the architect contractor team be part of several small projects in the building because there is a lot of onboarding to get yourself familiarized with some of these buildings. Granted, some have really great documentation. Most don't, particularly in the commercial world. And even with some universities, particularly like the longer institutions, some of them, most of the time there was a flood in the mechanical room and they lost all their drawings. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, technology is getting great, like with building scanning. I mean, the project I'm on right now, we have the same issues. All the drawings are not great. We're scanning the building through our technology. But 
yeah, the I think collaboration's key. Where that filters in the schedule and fees, I think that's something we're all still trying to figure out. I think that's why if there's several smaller projects looped together, it kind of makes more economic sense for everyone involved. But smaller team schedules, teams are also important. I think from the design side, you usually have the maybe the architect or the manager focusing on everything and you have the principal in charge just kind of making sure it's getting the bills are out. But sometimes the division of typical duties and roles on a project get blurred, kind of like the schedule. That that's something we're working through. Well let me ask you this then another question then as a result of COVID and, and the you know the return to work, the return to normalcy, all of the insert any phrase related to COVID. How has that impacted these smaller projects that you're working on and and that has become your area of expertise? Well, I I guess when the pandemic hit, for me, a lot of my commercial projects kind of like stopped. (laughs) And so that was fun. But I think for some other markets, like (laughs) um, it was great. But for some of the other places and some of the workplace was shifting. So the projects got either smaller or the scope kind of changed as people were trying to figure out what does this mean for space, particularly for workplace. We were finding that even like healthcare, the projects were kind of getting up, they were getting smaller for the time being uh, and the large projects were getting paused. And, And I think this is something we were trying to see. I mean, smaller projects to overhead is the same as larger projects. So how to be smarter with how we pull things together. And that's what I like when I was mentioning team roles and who people like a lot of people are wearing different hats. So you find that there's only there's only a certain type of people that really like this type of stuff because I think you have to have thick skin a little bit in the field and you got to be adaptable. Um, but for me, that's really exciting because sometimes you never know what you're going to walk in on the site. So it really just keeps it my love for the profession going. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like as a result of the pandemic, a lot of the benefits of the larger projects as far as collaboration and, and pre-con are kind of working their way into the smaller projects. Has that has that kept up or is that? Yeah. I mean, I, I was seeing it before, particularly like the, the higher education universities like to have, I mean, to have that go forward. I think there's, there's a lot of success, particularly a lot of the universities, even CMU and Pitt, the sites are insane. They're replacing buildings <laughs> where they don't belong <laughs> in some locations. So I, I think having the the construction field in with the team and making sure the budgets are staying aligned and constructability essential. Um, so I, I've seen the universities be doing that before the pandemic. I'm seeing there's a more heightened awareness of it, and it's really common working on this project right now in Grove City. And it's going to be essential, this team partnership between owner, contractor, and architect for the success of the project. I actually embrace it because I think figuring out the issues now instead of in the field, I think just helps everyone on the project. So the the traditional model is really getting blurred. Grove City has uh, has some... uh old stock as far as buildings go. <laughs> I'm sure you find it a lot in those buildings. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on one right now. So um, nice. yeah, that's a, and um, I, I do also have a soft spot for old buildings as well and reimagining them and bringing them up to date. So yeah, I guess in consideration that would be a small project in the case of fee and um, an FE, but construction. So yeah, but, and that one takes a lot, it's going to take a lot of 
team effort to for the success of the project the complicatedness of it. That works. Now, now, Katie, are you are you finding that a lot of these smaller projects are in the educational space versus the commercial space, or are they a combination of both? Combination of both. I, I'm, I may be biased because that's kind of my market, and I, I am finding in the profession, it's so huge <laughs> that everyone kind of has like these places that they live in. I think, that, I mean, UPMC, and there's a lot of small projects in healthcare as well, and like connect uh, adaptive reuse renovations updating systems uh, I, I see it crosses many markets okay let's let's put katie on the spot what do you say <laughs> okay you ready katie i don't I know like if it. i am <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> shoot let's go okay so may, maybe not the biggest message but what's a what's a message that an owner should take away from having a small project on the books and a small project coming up what, what should they be aware of what sort of challenges should they uh you know prepare for what do you want owners role to be during a small project an active participant i think their feedback is just as valuable if not better because when in the end the architect and the and the contractor walk away and they have to live with it so some of my most successful project is when they're walking the site with me and the contractor and seeing the issues stuff comes up on the site that we can't see behind door, like walls or ceilings or systems may be completely not what we thought they were and having that hard conversation that hey we need to update these things to be code compliant can be really hard and so i think being part of the process is really valuable for them and us as well makes sense yeah. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward, but I really believe in the collaboration of multiple stakeholders into um, projects and architecture is not just pretty things. Uh, to, for me, the most successful projects are um, integrated between all the users. And I find the client challenges us to think differently about things as well. And we challenge them as as to to uh, keep creating better spaces so it must be frustrating when you sit at a co-event and you hear owners say well my time is so occupied by projects yeah i mean and sometimes small projects could be just like you're replacing windows and throwing some paint on the wall and i can understand that that's just like (laughs) it's not there that's not the shiny object sometimes and i got that Sometimes I don't like to do those projects either, but sometimes you got to pay the bills. Katie, I want to I want to thank you for joining us today um, and and really sharing this information with us. I think this has been really helpful. I, what I really like about this, and John, tell me what you think about this. Like for so long, we've been thinking about from the contractor's perspective, but now, Katie, what you brought to the table is just the the actual design component and how an architect thinks and what they're looking for and those things. So I think that's really valuable to our listeners. So thank you. No, I mean, and for me, I think small projects have really helped my career. And I think a lot of times smaller projects fall on some of the younger architects. And I think it starts to really raise some of the talent coming through because you can learn the start and finish of a project faster than a large project. So I think as a career standpoint for young architects, I find there's so much value into having a small project underneath your belt because I think you understand the profession a lot faster than if you started on small, uh, on a large project. And I think that's 
mirrored on the contract here, you say that your most successful projects have been the collaborative ones. So collaboration, as we all know, is the way of the best construction projects and the way of the future. And <laughs> so you said it great. And I'm just a stumbling, bumbling co-host of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and, and to plug some like the, the, I mean, I've met these projects um, and organizations such as AIA, the master builders, young carpenters, the young architects, and then there's even ULI, young leaders, young contractors. I, I think the collaboration events, as I'm getting older in the field, have been really great to establish relationships and comfortability as we're all progressing through the field. So I think as a mentorship, small projects are the way to go. <laughs> so. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited we finally get to have this conversation and looking forward to more. Thank you for joining the Building PA podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.